This is Express FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately pumping. New beginnings, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. After two and a half weeks away, it is finally time to look forward to having Pompey back in action. A goalless draw with Wickham for result for the last time the Blues were in action, but tomorrow it's Bolton who serve as the opponents, a side Danny Cowley will be hoping to do the double over. Curtis has entered the penalty area, trying to pull it back, loose, Marcus with a flick, he's scored! He's just tried to get something on the ball and he's got enough on it to get it over the line and Port have had the lead, Pompey one ball nil. That 1-0 win back in October helped to lift Pompey from 16th to 13th at the time, but now they sit 10th, just with a sliver of a hope of reaching this season's playoffs. We'll come on to preview tomorrow's game between now and seven, as well as hear from the Pompey women captain, Danielle Rowe, following on from Wednesday night's Hampshire Cup success over Bournemouth. Portsmouth have won this 13 times in a row now, so we didn't want to let that slip, and you know the girls did well not to let that happen. Head coach Jay Sadler would also be with us to reflect on yesterday's disappointing defeat to the MK Dons at Fratton Park. Today seemed out of character. It didn't seem like a Pompey women's side we've been accustomed to over them last three, four weeks. A side that has shown fight, has shown character, has shown quality, and I don't think we did that in the big moments today. That's all to come as normal service resumes here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the latest instalment of the Football Hour here on the only radio station from our great waterfront city, Express FM, sponsored this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app today to find out more information on the new Flexi 5 ticket, as well as updated timetable and fare guidelines too. Well, it is back to a somewhat normal edition of the Football Hour tonight after a couple of weeks' special edition shows featuring big interviews with the likes of Pompey Chief Executive Andy Cullen and Blues Head Coach Danny Cowley, as well as the Equality and Community Edition back a week Friday. To listen back to those free episodes, as well as any other edition of the show from this season, visit expressfm.com forward slash podcast or search for the Football Hour on either the Apple or Google podcast apps. The Blues are back in action tomorrow after what will be 17 days since that nil-nil draw with Wickham on the 19th of March. And later on, I'll be joined alongside two more Pompey fans to go through the latest news coming out of the club and to preview that game. But we're also keen to hear your thoughts and predictions from back home too. Well, who do you think should line up at Bolton tomorrow night? What do you predict the score to be come the end of the game? And where do you expect the Blues to finish in League One this season? Is a top six finish still a realistic possibility or should we start preparing for a sixth season in the third tier of English football? To get your thoughts across, you can either text your name and message to 81400, starting those with the word express. Email Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter or you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. So, to the Pompey women first, however, and it's been a very busy week for Jay Sadler's side. Off the back of last Sunday's comeback victory over Keenesham Town in the league, a game which ended 3-2 in Pompey's favour, having been 2-0 down at one stage, they prepared for yet another Hampshire Cup final. Their original opponent, Southampton, pulled out of the competition a few weeks back, citing fixture congestion and lack of player availability as their reason to not play the game, having had a request to move the tie blocked. So instead, it was AFC Bournemouth who provided the opposition for the Blues at the Silver Lake Stadium on Wednesday night. It was a relatively comfortable game for Pompey, who secured a 3-0 win over the Cherries, thanks to goals from Townsend Bunsen, Emma Jones and Rosie McDonnell. That is now an incredible 13 consecutive Hampshire Cup titles for the Pompey women. And after the celebrations, Max Swatton caught up with Blues captain Danielle Rowe. Dan, your third Hampshire Cup, your first as captain. How proud are you of the team tonight? 
Oh, I, you know, I'm over the moon. It was a great performance from everyone. I think we thoroughly deserved the win as well. Um, but yeah, to you know, to lift the trophy with Han at the end just definitely topped it off for me. What was the message from Jay at half-time? So obviously he went in on a 1-0 lead. So yeah, what was the message from him? Just stay focused, you know, manage the game well. We knew that they were going to come out fighting. We knew that they were going to come press us high. You know, they they had to get back into the game at the end of the day. But I think we, we did everything that he said. We managed the game well, saw it out. And, you know, to go on and score two more in the second half as well was even better. It was a game that Bournemouth came in, into with no pressure on them, really. So what was the game plan going into it? Yeah, you know, they were the underdogs there in the league below. So, you know, the, the pressure was on us to win. Um, it was it was just about, you know, we knew we knew that though. Um, you know, Portsmouth have won this, I think, 12, 13 times in a row now. So we didn't want to let that slip. And, you know, the girls did well not to let that happen. What's the mood like in the dressing room? Yeah, buzzing. You know, it's on the back of Sunday as well, coming coming back from 2-0 down um, to win 3-2. You know, it's a, it's a big week for us. And um, moving into Fratton Park on Sunday, yeah, it puts, puts us in good stead. Everyone's in good spirits. Yeah, we'll go into Fratton Park a bit later, but surely, you know, on Sunday, coming back from 2-0 down, this result, it surely sets a good foundation to go on for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've we've had some tough games this season. We've had some games where we should have potentially got more than, than what we have. Um, I think recently we've really started to come together as a team. The team spirit is, you know, it couldn't be better. Um, the togetherness, um, the desire for, you know, to work hard for each other, it's really coming together now. So it's going to be a good end of the season. How important is it to put a good run of games together to finish the season strongly? Yeah, you know, as I said, it, from we've been disappointed before. So, you know, starting from Sunday, we've had a good few few weeks with, you know, London Bees, points at Cardiff, Gillingham as well. Um, so, you know, we've got to keep that going until the end of the season. It, it You know, if you, if you finish the season strong, it, it gives you momentum going into next year for sure as well. And that's six clean sheets out of seven, in the, in the last seven, sorry. How pleasing is that as a defender? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's 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 just as good as scoring a goal sometimes. Um, I know strikers won't see it that way, but we were conceding too many goals at the start of the season. But you know, we've made a few changes, and I think that that, that shows. Um, you know, and as defenders, as back four, you know, it could have been quite easy in that game to you know slip up, lose focus just for one second. But yeah, really pleased. And on to Sunday, Fratton Park. How excited are you to lead your side out? Yeah, I can't wait. You know, we were very, very unlucky last time uh, when we played there against Southampton. We didn't deserve that at all. So it's time to get revenge. Hopefully we'll get a good crowd down there. But yeah, can't wait to lead the girls out. Danielle Rowe there, captain of the Pompey women, speaking after their Hampshire Cup victory over Bournemouth last week and looking ahead to another home game at Fratton Park. The eagerly anticipated clash with the MK Dons took place yesterday afternoon, but unfortunately, the Blues were unable to carry over any momentum from their cup win into Sunday's league fixture at PO4, losing the game by three goals to nil in front of 748 Blues supporters. After the final whistle, head coach Jay Sadler offered his thoughts from the game. Yeah, still struggling to find the words. Um, obviously, extremely disappointed. Um, over 700 people here at Fratton Park and it was it was an occasion that we wanted to savour, an occasion that we, we wanted to create new memories. But ultimately it was a game of football that we wanted to win. There was three points up for grabs and we were coming into this game riding a wave of momentum, a wave of confidence after the positive performance um, on Wednesday night. We put some a really good run of um, performances together, some good results over the past few weeks and today seemed out of character. It, it didn't seem like a... A Pompey women's side we've been accustomed to over them them last three, four weeks. A side that has shown fight, has shown character, has shown quality. And I don't think we did that in the big moments today. Game was a bit cagey. Um, I think they've opened up better. They've had a better in-possession structure. Um, they were able to get hold of the ball. and But we still created a chance, Emma Jones, um, with inside the first, what was it, 12 minutes. Um, if that goes in... We're, we're, we're coming away 1-0 and we could something to build on and, and we didn't but we always knew we were in the game They were the spaces were opening up in their building phase and we were winning it um, and then our transition at, at times was too slow and then at half time we spoke and obviously we wanted to get pressure higher on their back line through their building phase we wanted to be more aggressive to win our second balls and then we I say we haven't defended the first corner we've, we've been fouled in the first corner um, Annie Rolf, the girl's wearing a shirt. Um, Evie Gaines been pushed into her. I, I don't get how that's been missed, but we conceded a goal from a corner, which is very uncharacteristic of us. And then that kind of set the tempo. I felt we, we, we had a bit of aggression after that. Um, we were able to get in behind their back line. Relly's had a good chance. Keeper's made a good save, to be fair. And, and then 2 0 from another corner, direct from a corner. Um, and then I think, I think that was the moment that deflated us. I think. 
we've we've tried to attack forward. Um, I never, I just never felt we had a, a good enough in possession structure to enable us to circulate and control the game of football. Felt they there was more in it for them. I felt like they were a team that obviously coming here fighting for the points and and ultimately they fought for the points and I, I thought they were deserved of the win. How crucial is it that your side bounced back on Wednesday against Chichester? Massive. It's massive for us, that game now, um, in regards to where we want to go. Um, this year hasn't, I keep saying it hasn't gone well. It's it's not a transition year. Um, this year is a year that we, we had high expectations of this group and in spells, We've shown that in spells, we've shown our quality, we've shown our dominance, we've shown our maturity. And then there's been inconsistencies where as a group, we have shown the complete opposite. And today was one of them. Um, I'll take accountability for that as well. I think there was mixed messages in that first half. Um, and then at second half, we've drawn up what we wanted to do. I feel like for the first 10 minutes of that first half, you could see it. You could see there was an aggression with us. And then the goal, and I think we're just too emotional as a whole group. We we hold on to the goal. We hold on to big moments. They go against us, not realising that there's there's more time to impact the game. I think the players that came off the bench, Inea Harney, Ava, the first two, they impacted the game. They got hold of the ball. We created good chances. Em's had a couple of low-driven crosses, and you want to get on the end of it. Inea Harney's had a header. And we just, I just didn't feel we, when we got into that final third, we, we controlled play. I think our support play was too reactive. We didn't get our, unleash our full-backs higher up the pitch. Our eights didn't go and join in the play. Um, so it was disappointing. And then obviously towards the end, we, we brought on the treble substitution just to try and ignite something. And they've hit us on the, on the count of the transition. I think 3-0 is flattering, if I'm honest. I, I don't think it was a 3-0 game. We, we, were, we weren't that far away from them. But what we need to look at is if we compare ourselves today to what we were on Wednesday, we, we were a shadow of ourselves, and we've got to do some delving to realise why and, and make sure it doesn't happen again because again on Wednesday night we're going against the team that are fighting and scrapping for their lives, they're coming off the back of a very good win today and we're going to have to be on it. What's the aim from now until the end of the season? Win as many games of football as possible, that's what we need to be doing. Um, Again, I listen to start with. I, I apologise to all the fans that came out. It was not good enough from us. And this group now, we have to go again. We've got big games coming up. The next two, Chichester and then MK Dons again. Two teams, like I said, that them them games mean so much for them. Them points mean so much for them, and they need to mean so much for us too. Um, like I said, we've we've been growing in these last few games to to end the season on a positive, to end the season on highs, going into them last three games of the season, Bridgewater, Ipswich, Southampton, three top, top teams in our league. And we need to see how far away we are from them because right now we, we are far away from them. We shouldn't be with this group of players, and I'm being brutally honest, and this group of players should be if with their quality, they, they should be towards the top towards the top of this league. It's as simple as that's the quality they've got. Now, whether or not the question mark of are we getting the best out of them, that's something I've got to ask myself as a manager. But also, are they getting the best out of themselves? What's 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 wrong with this group of players in terms of our consistency? Are we too comfortable? Um, is the mentality not right? Um, and these are the questions that we all have to be going home tonight asking. Because at the end of the day, we can't be that team now that are on the beach, that they're on the beach, and we're all happy. Um, we season's over; it's fizzled out. We still got a cup final, and every game from now to the end of the season, we need to be looking at cup finals because we need to be taking this football club as high up this league as possible. We should, we should. We, that's where we should be. That's where Portsmouth Football Club should be. And um, yeah, it's just it's disappointing. But we'll move on to Wednesday now. We'll put all our effort and energy into turning that round on, on Wednesday. And hopefully, getting a win. Brutally honest words there from Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler speaking after their 3-0 defeat to the MK Dons at Fratton Park yesterday afternoon. The Pompey women will be looking to turn things around this Wednesday evening, however, when they take on Chichester and Selsey at the Bun Leisure Stadium for match day number 22 of their FA Women's National League campaign. OK, still to come tonight, I'll be introducing my two guests to help me preview the men's upcoming League One meeting with Bolton Wanderers. They'll also be on hand to talk about the latest Blues news coming out of Fratton Park and the impact of the recent 17-day break. Keep getting your thoughts into the panel. We'll be coming on to them after the break as well. All the usual ways. It's at ExpressFM if you're on Twitter. Pompey at ExpressFM.com is our email address. Otherwise, you can visit Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or send a text into 81400 starting your messages with the word Express. A reminder of what happened last time out for Pompey and a preview of tomorrow's game as well as plenty more all to come in just a few moments time. 
This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you through Hampshire and along the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide to you. It has been quite some time since we last saw Pompey in action. 16 days ago from now, in fact, since they took on Wickham Wanderers at Fratton Park. So you'll probably need reminding what happened on that day. To be honest, not much did actually happen. Nevertheless, uh, here are the highlights from the 19th of March as the Blues took on the Chairboys at PI4. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Ninety minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is you want to believe it? Pompey live. Also shooting for left to right. We get this match underway, and Wickham kick the ball up towards the right-hand corner penalty area. It's headed on, and harmlessly goes out of play for a goal kick up towards the halfway line, up towards Romeo, and now but Wickham win it back. They play square from Jacobson. They're going to leave it here. There's a chance for McCleary, who's 25 yards from goal. He's going to pull the trigger. He's kind of bending back as soon as he hit it. You knew it was going well over the crossbar. That's exactly what it did. Rose Ed into the Fratton end, nil-nil. Hurst says it towards the left-hand side off the chest of Harness. Now Harness takes on his man, and now he's he was going backwards. Now he's going forward. Takes around a couple of players. Left of the penalty area. Can he find an option here? Tries to put the cross in. Goal kick given as he tried to chip it in from the left of the six-yard box. Here come Wickham. Give it away. Now then Poppy could be away here as Harness wins it back. It's three against three. Harness comes halfway inside the Wickham half. Now he's on the edge of the penalty area. Can he find the delivery? Cuts inside, plays it square, and it's an opportunity. Oh, the flag's up on the near side as they played it in towards Walker. Tonicliffe played it to him, there was three against three. Good play from Arnes, but then the pass in towards Walker on the edge of the six-yard box. The flag went up straight away, a missed opportunity, a little bit clumsy, still nil-nil. Vokes, tackle comes in, here comes Wickham again, straight ball down the line, they're one-on-one one here, they could score. Oh, what a brilliant save from Bazunu! It was Mametti who got in behind the defence for the first time this afternoon. Went for the left-footed shot near to the six-yard box. Bazunu stuck his right leg out and stopped the goal from happening, and it stays nil-nil. Here come Wickham again down the right wing. Scowen plays it back. There's three players to the right of the penalty, including McCleary, who tried to get the cross in. Comes off Morale and Pompey clear. Now he's an opportunity for Hurst. Is he all over him? Surely, as Hurst comes forward and the goalkeeper gets it stopped out. Sure. I'm stumped. How is that not a free kick and therefore a sending off? Perhaps that's why he hasn't given it. That's a really, well, it's a poor non-decision from my point of view from the referee. Oh, and now he's coming over to have a word with Danny Cowley, who's going to go into the book again by the looks of things. The referee's got the yellow card out and the yellow card for the two brothers, Danny and Nicky Cowley. So that's a second yellow card for Danny Cowley in three games. Maybe one last chance for Portsmouth as Morrell comes forward up to the edge of the penalty area. He's still going here. Diagonal pass. Curtis tries to put it across and Wickham win the tackle. But it's a corner for Portsmouth on the near side. This really will be the last chance. Corner kick swung in with the right foot. It's headed away from Wickham up to the edge of the penalty area. A look at the wash on the referee and there is the whistle. So there is going to be no late drama. It does finish nil-nil despite that late bit of excitement there for Pompey. An extremely long shot, unfortunately, for Pompey for the playoffs now with eight games to go. Full-time at Fratton Park, Ports of Nil, Wickham Nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from the middle of March, the 19th, as Pompey were held to a goalless draw with Wickham Wanderers at Fratton Park. That's now three without a victory for the Blues, having been defeated by Plymouth Argyle in the midweek trip to Home Park just prior to that game with Wickham. And of course, been a nil-nil draw with Ipswich a week beforehand as well. Some games uh, on Saturday just gone, the 2nd of April, all bar one. Of course, Pompey's uh, match against Rotherham United at PO4 was called off due to the Millers being in EFL Trophy final action on Sunday. We'll come on to that in just a moment. But results from League One on Saturday. The early kickoff saw Wigan and Bolton share a one-all draw at the DW Stadium. Atkinson Stanley and Cheltenham Town were locked in a 4-4 draw at the Wham Stadium. Incredible scoreline there. 
Charlton 1, Lincoln City is what it finished at the Valley. It ended Crew 1, Fleetwood 3. Ipswich were defeated by a goal to nil by Cambridge United at Portman Road. The MK Dons were 2-0 victors over Shrewsbury. It ended Morecambe 3, Burton 0. Plymouth 1, Oxford United 0 in a big clash for the race for the top six. Sheffield Wednesday 2, AFC Wimbledon 1, Sunderland 1, Gillingham 0 and Wickham 2. Doncaster Rovers nil. And of course, Saturday's original opponents, Rotherham United for Pompey and EFL Trophy final action on Sunday. They took on League Two outfit and uh, Pompey's opponents in the group stage, Sutton United at Wembley. And it was Rotherham who came out on top despite trailing the game twice in 90 minutes. They found themselves 2-1 behind to Sutton, but scored right at the death in the 96th minute to take the game to extra time. Really harsh for the League 2 outfit, you've got to say, but it was Rotherham who prevailed in the end by winning by four goals to two in the first EFL Trophy final in front of fans at Wembley since Pompey's penalty shootout victory over Sunderland in 2019, which was three years ago this week. Crazy to think how time has flown since then. Okay, so the League One table looks like this. After the last 17 days with Pompey not in action, quite a lot has changed, but one thing remains the same. Pompey still 10th in League One. They're on 59 points, level on points with tomorrow's opponents, Bolton Wanderers, but Pompey have played two games fewer. Currently 11 points behind the playoff positions are the Blues, with two games in hand on the opponents, currently sat in the top six. One of those is, of course, tomorrow, the other being the match with Wigan Athletic towards the end of the season. The top two remains Rotherham and Wigan, both of those sides on 80 points. MK Dons are closing the gap. They're in third with 79 points to their name. Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland currently occupy the playoff positions. And in the bottom four, it remains Crew Alexandra rooted to the foot of the table. Doncaster Rovers in 23rd, AFC Wimbledon in 22nd and Morecambe in the final relegation spot in 21st. Gillingham are two points clear of the drop with 37 points, but have played a game more than both Morecambe and AFC Wimbledon. So the race to survive in League One also hotting up just as it is at the top end of the table as well. OK, joining me tonight to look ahead to Pompey's clash with Bolton tomorrow evening. First and foremost, I'm pleased to welcome back onto the show uh, a little later than usual. It's nearly half past six already. Uh, Josh Sweetman. Josh, thank you very much for calling in this evening. Pleasure as always, Jake. And alongside Josh, we have Mark McGee also calling into the studio tonight. Mark, great to hear from you, mate. Great to be here, buddy. So as of tomorrow, lads, a 17-day break for Pompey. We mentioned the, the the rearranged game with Rotherham, which is set to take place a week tomorrow at Fratton Park. But of course, that was called off due to their involvement in the EFL Trophy. And tomorrow's game with Bolton Wanderers was scheduled to be played on the 26th of March. But uh, due to international call-ups for both sides, that game was postponed to tomorrow night. Josh, a 17-break 17-day uh, break for Pompey. Will that come as a hindrance or do you think it might actually benefit Danny Cowley's side? I think in the, if you look at the recent results, it probably is a benefit. I mean, you could argue that if we were a bit close to the playoffs, then it actually has a decent impact. But I don't think it really makes a difference. I think on the other side of the coin, just before Christmas, when we had that break, when we were in decent form, it actually didn't benefit us at all. Um so they can go either way. I think the players will have a li would have had a li couple of days off, get a bit refreshed, but I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference now. I think, what, with 10 points, or I can't remember how many it is, 10, 11 points off the playoffs, I think that's gone anyway. Um, so I don't think it makes a big difference, but I guess it was a time that people can... Um, sort of sit there and refuel the batteries. Hmm. Uh, and certainly in the case, uh, you know, when it comes to injuries, uh, Mark, in the case of Michael Jacobs, who was on the cusp of making the side for the games against Plymouth and Wickham Wanderers, we didn't quite get to see uh, him as we perhaps had hoped at the time, but he's been coming back from injury for 17-day break, a trip to Bolton tomorrow night. You would expect, we haven't heard the pre-match thoughts of Danny Cowley yet, but you would hope, at least as a Pompey fan, that Michael Jacobs will be involved in some capacity for tomorrow's trip to, to the University at Bolton Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be great to see him back. I mean, like you say, we've had, we've had a big big break now. Um, chance for everyone to get their fitness back. Chance for everyone to uh, yeah, be up to, a, up to a level. So, yeah, I hope to see him back tomorrow. I think he'll make a good impact if he does 
at least start or, or uh, come on for some of the game. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. And uh, an email here already from Dave Byrne. He says, hi, Jake. Not many games left now. And while going through and deleting old emails, recently I saw one that reminded me that my expectation for this season was a 10th place finish. So despite apparently being prepared for this kind of eventuality, I still cannot help but feel disappointed yet again by what uh, being feel by us being what feels like uh, a long way short of a promotion side. Every summer brings fresh hope, but right now I'm a little short of faith that we will have the resources yet again to see anything different when August and the start of this next season arrives. I think it will take some very good recruitment this summer for me to feel like progress is at last being made. It is no good aiming for the playoffs either. This club in League One should be aiming to win the division. Finishing second would be a, a palatable achievement without the gloss of a trophy, whereas the playoffs can be acceptable as an extra opportunity. But overall, a disappointing outcome. However, aiming for the playoffs and fail, then there is no consolation available, as we know from this season. Previous successes have generally seen us with a talisman on the side, and whether it's a Michael Doyle, an Alan Biley, a Paul Merson, or even an improving Sean Raggett, I feel we will likely need something similar again. Please prove me wrong, Pompey, and give us a bit more hope on the pitch. Dave, in lists on the emails, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight. Josh, really talking about the hope for next season and the expectation for next season. We spoke to, to, to Danny Cowley on the Football Hour last Monday evening. Great interview uh, with the Blues head coach there. And he really spoke about the fact that funds were available in, in, in the uh, January transfer window for, for recruitments into the side, but opted really to, to kind of hold those back and, and save them for this summer and being allowed the opportunity by you know the Tenante company, Michael Eisner, Eric Eisner, to to splash, splash the cash a little bit more in the summer to try and get this side from where they are currently in the table, 10th, and fighting for promotion next season. How are you feeling heading into what will be likely another summer rebuild? Yeah, I think you have to look at it. And like, There was a lot of fans and almost an outcry on social media, as there always is, um, that we didn't go out and spend money in January. But if you look at, you look at the plain simple facts, are players will cost you probably twice their actual market value in January because the, the selling club has to go out and replace them. And if there's not the players there that Danny Cowley thinks he's going to get value from, then you might as well wait to the summer. The, the, the plain picture in January was the playoffs were going to be, we were going to have to put together a very good run. So you're better off saving that money and picking up value in the summer. I think this will be the third window, won't it? That, um, Danny Cowley and the club have said we need three windows. I think it's imperative that the players that come in, they have to hit the ground running because if you're looking at the season next year, next year, four or five games in, if you're not, if you if you started really slow, you've only picked up three or four points, then I think pressure immediately builds. Um, so it's going to be a very big window, but it also has to be one where we, we start picking up wins very quickly. Mm. We spoke to uh, Chief Executive Andy Cullen on the show on Friday as well, Mark, and really emphasised the fact that the transfer budget has gone up for Danny Cowley this season compared to recent transfer windows under Kenny Jacket. But of course, we all know that it's still restricted owing to you know the works that's been undertaken at Fratton Park, the, the redevelopment of both the North Stand and South Stand, and, and hopefully soon to come the Milton End as well. You can, you can understand that with this this building structure in place for for the stadium, something that the owners put to to the fans when they bought the club back in 2017, this was always going to happen with Pompey in League One and perhaps the success in the pitch not taking a step back in terms of priority, but certainly when it when it comes to funds, it's going to be quite limited with the works being done to the stadium, to the academy, to the training pitch. You can expect that again in the summer. But at the same time, I think what, you know, what Josh is alluding to there, Mark, it, it gets to a point now we're heading into what is likely to be next season, our sixth campaign in League One. As supporters, you just want to see a little bit more and a, and a fight for promotion because at the moment, we've seen glimpses of this side being a very good team, but in 10th place, it's not quite where we deserve to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a big summer. I think, um, I think this summer is going to be the summer where the recruitment has to be spot on. I think after that, with two summers um, under your belt and you know three transfer windows, that'll be, I think, the, the, the time and no excuses, but I think that that won't play into Danny Cowley's favour if the results start don't start taking an upturn because he arguably could you could say that he, he would have been given plenty of time then plenty of resources to go out and get the team he wants. So it is a real big summer for him. But I think there's always got to be that little bit of leeway that we are getting what we want with the stadium. You know, without a stadium, 
there's there's you know there's no fan base there's no club there's no there's no soul at uh, Fretton Park is there so it needed to be done um but like you say we've we've recruited in the past with a, with a budget that was slightly smaller and had greater success arguably so um you know I think we have all given the Cowleys a bit of leeway um letting them get their system implemented but this summer I think is really big yeah and sometimes as well Josh you don't need a huge budget to go on and get success you look back at the the 2017 League Two winning side under Paul Cook, back when the club was owned by the Pompey Supports Trust, there wasn't, you know, we we weren't by any means a poor side in League Two, but it wasn't a case of Pompey was splashing the cash every transfer window. We still had to work to some sort of financial budget, but we got through that with a team built upon a positive mentality and never say die attitude. You had, uh, as mentioned in the email uh, previously by Dave, the likes of Michael Doyle and besides some, some players who they may not cost a fortune, but they will give 110% on the pitch every single game. Ender Stevens, Gareth Evans spring to mind as well. Kyle Bennett, um, although he had his critics, was someone who just never, ever gave up. Sometimes you don't need all of the money in the world as displayed by the likes of Ipswich and Sunderland over the last couple of seasons. It's about getting what Mark said there the recruitment right in the summer. A new head of uh, operations in football uh, set to replace Roberto Gagliardi, a third transfer window for Danny Cowley to get the side shaped into the way that he wants to. To say that this is going to be an important transfer window in the summer, Josh, would be a huge understatement. I think it would be. Um, I've, I think the thing you have to look at is it's not only the Sunderlands and Ipswich that are spending big money. You also got to look, at, I guess, at this point of the season, at the teams that are going to be coming down as well, because they're going to have, they're going to probably, arguably, have the biggest budgets in the league. Um, and realistically, you just can't compete with that. I know, yes, we're Ports of their, we're Ports of Football Club. We used to be in the Premier League, and a lot of fans' expectations are that we should be challenging first and second. But if your budget, and, and look at the amount of money Ipswich spent this season. Our budget is nowhere near that, and it's going to be nowhere near Sunderland's. So, yes, while there is that expectation because of our reputation that we should be at the top, it's our budget isn't. Our budget's going to be sort of playoffs just below. So you have to go out and you have to sign those players that are going to be on lower wages, and you have to find the perfect sort of blend between youngsters, energetic players, and then that core experience that you build around. Mm. You have to build the squad around one or two players. And I think... It, it came out during the week that we want to look at the likes of MK Dons um, and build a squad like that. We missed out on people like Scott Twine in the summer. So it's all well and good wanting to be someone like MK Dons, but we actually missed out on one or two of the players that they did sign. So we could have been that club then. But yeah, it's a massive summer, but we have to go out and you've got to find the right mix. Yeah. And, and speaking of recruitment, it's something we'll talk about after the next break as well in terms of transfer targets and potential rumours uh, and what's being said in the papers at the moment that, that Danny Cowley's looking to eye up in the summer. Um, we've, we've heard from our colleague, uh, John T. Coleman from Hampshire Live. He's reported earlier in the week that Danny Cowley's been out and about in the last 16 days. And we know that Danny and Nicky Cowley, they like to travel the country. They like to go and watch different football games and really use that opportunity as a, as a sort of scouting mission to get players on board, uh, potentially to be recruited here at Fratton Park. And with time away from Pompey, Cowley's been using that break um, aptly uh, in between the stalemate with Wickham and, of course, tomorrow's trip to Bolton. Uh, he's been to three games. He watched Northampton Towns win over Hartlepool United back in March before uh, watching Bristol Rovers beat Bradford City 2-1 on Saturday. Uh, and as well as those, he also viewed an international game as the England under-20s beat Germany 3-1 in a friendly in Essex with quite a number of uh, Premier League youngsters uh, in action uh, during that game as well, and including Leeds United's Sam Greenwood and Manchester City's uh, James McAtee and also Blackburn Rovers' Tyrese Dolan. Uh, he was on the score sheet uh, in that game at Colchester as well. So Danny Cowley, Nicky Cowley, they've been on their scouting missions uh, over the last two and a half weeks. They've not been sat back and uh, and doing nothing. They've been hitting the training ground as well to ensure that Pompey hopefully will be fit, fresh and firing for tomorrow's trip to Bolton Wanderers. And that is a game we'll be coming on to preview after the break coming up in just a moment. Keep those text tweets and emails coming in, Pompey fans. We've got a few more coming in as well. We'll come on to those in just a few moments' time. If you're unsure on how to get in touch, you can head to our website, expressfm.com, for all of the details. Myself, Josh and Mark will be back after this short break for the third and final part of tonight's show. Stay tuned for the conclusion of the Football Hour here on Express FM. 
This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Tonight I'm joined alongside Pompey fans Josh Sweetman and Mark McGee to look ahead to Pompey's trip to Bolton Wanderers tomorrow night. And time is running out for you back home to get in touch with your pre-match thoughts, predictions and uh, anything you want to say to the panel as well. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email into pompey at expressfm.com. You can tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Uh, I'm just going to branch off a little bit and talk about uh, what happened on Friday Friday afternoon, and that was for the group stage draw for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, which kicks off in November of this year. That tournament, of course, being played uh, in the winter months of this year due to the climate out in Qatar. And England have learned their fate for the group stages of this year's World Cup. They will face Iran... USA and the winner of a European playoff between Wales, Scotland or Ukraine. Of course, Scotland and Ukraine have yet to play their semi-final owing to what is currently happening out in Ukraine at the moment. But the final of that uh, that European playoff between either Wales, Scotland and Ukraine is set to be played in July. So soon England will find out who will be their third opponents at this year's World Cup. Either Wales, Scotland or Ukraine joining Iran and the USA at this year's World Cup. In Group A, host Qatar, they'll take on Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands. In Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. In Group D, France, Denmark, Tunisia and the winner of the Intercontinental Playoff between Peru, Australia and the United Arab Emirates. I'm not sure why they don't do these draws after these games have been played, but they do. Um, So that is England's half of the draw and they will face those sides in groups A, B, C and D between uh, the group stages and of course the semi-final stage if England do get that far. Group E is Spain, Germany, Japan and the winner of a playoff between Costa Rica and New Zealand. Group F is Belgium, Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Group G sees Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. And then finally in Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. Uh, Bringing Mark and Josh back into the conversation. Then Mark, England, they take on Iran, USA and potentially either Wales or Scotland at the World Cup. Let's be honest, we couldn't have asked for a much easier group. Yes, I I saw that group and I was... uh... I was quite happy to say the least. I think I saw your post that you shared on social media, you know, uh, worried about possibly getting the Germans. But, uh, yeah, we've dodged a bullet there, haven't we? I mean, if we don't get through that group stage, then, uh, I mean, I'm not even thinking about that possibility, really. We've just done very, very well. That made my Friday, that did. And uh, looking at the opponents uh, for the round of 16 uh, tie, assuming, again, England England do get past their group. If they win Group B, they'll take on uh, the runners-up of Group a Josh, which looking at the favourites of that group will probably be perhaps Senegal or even host Qatar if they can carry on the momentum of hosting the tournament. You can't imagine that Netherlands are going to drop down to second. You you expect them to win the group, but in terms of England's route to hopefully what what we expect, what we hope to be a final this year and, and potentially World Cup glory at the end of it as well. In terms of England's half of the draw, you eliminate the likes of Spain, Germany, Belgium, uh, Brazil, uh, Portugal as well. They are on the other side of the draw. So, again, looking beyond the group stages, there are some positives as well. I think there are plenty of positives. Um, I might be wrong, but I think the other team in Group A is Ecuador. Um, yeah. And having watched a lot of South American qualifying, they are, they are... I had them down as a dark horse, but it's a, not for the whole tournament, but to go far. Um, but... You're right. The sort of the second, third, and fourth teams in this group expect if you're expecting Netherlands to win that group, that on paper you think, oh, that's 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 progression to the uh, quarterfinals. Let's say if we win the group, but Senegal wouldn't be the easiest game, um, and I don't think Ecuador would be either. But I think my biggest concern is yes, we've got probably the draw that we really wanted, but mm. you win the group, and realistically, France win the group. You play them in the quarterfinal, and yeah. for me, I think they're favourites again. I think they're probably the best team there. Um, and my concern, as much as I think Southgate has done a brilliant job for England, is when it comes to playing teams like that, we 
we sit back and we defend and you can't do that against the attacking talent teams like France do. So, yes, we've done brilliantly to actually avoid a lot of teams, but it, it's time to prove now that you can go and beat the likes of France. And if you do, then you you should be looking to get the final, but it's it's going to be a big ask. Mm. As much as it perhaps on paper is the easiest half of the draw in, in terms of a route to perhaps the semi-final stage, Mark, if you are going to test yourselves against the likes of Netherlands, Argentina, France, and and even like Josh says there, you know Senegal aren't going to be a, a, they're not going to be a pushover even if we get Mexico or Poland in in the knockout stages, even Denmark as we saw at the Euros last year, they're not easy games either. But if you can test yourselves, if you can prove yourself against these sides and come away with victories for England. That will set up, hopefully, what, what we hope to be a huge confidence boost going into the latter stages of the tournament. If you can beat the likes of France, Argentina, Netherlands, then you can beat anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I really do uh, fancy us at the moment. I think we're going for a, a golden golden patch. Uh, where we are right now kind of reminds me of where Belgium were a few years back. You know, we've got such a plethora of like talent in, in our squad. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to seeing us pitch ourselves against... Um, you know, international teams, not just not just European countries. So, you know, the likes of Senegal, so easy to be underestimated when mm. all we've seen of them so far in in a long time is the AFCON. Um, and, you know, that that is a very hard measure of quality. You don't really know how good they are or how tough an opponent they will be. So I'm looking forward to it, but I am feeling confident. I feel like if we do get a Netherlands or uh, another big team like France or Argentina, I feel like we're probably going to go into that as favourites, arguably. Mm. Progression for England over the last couple of years, then, of course, uh, finishing fourth in the 2018 World Cup before finishing third in the UEFA Nations League and then second in the Euros of last year. It's getting better and better every year, but the only step now is for England to go on and win their first major tournament since 1966. And this year will be the first time that England start the World Cup campaign on the opening day of the tournament since 1966. Uh, lads, have you heard the uh, official World Cup song for this year? I haven't. I did hear it the other day. Ooh. I mean, it's it's no Shakira, Waka Waka, but it's not too bad. It's Catchy. not too bad. I, I like it. I think it's a bit of a jam. Uh, we're going to take a listen to it now. This is, uh, this is the official World Cup song of 2022. It is called Higher Higher, Better Together.
That was uh, Higher Higher, Better Together, sung by Trinidad Cardona, Davido and Aisha, the official 2022 World Cup anthem for this year. So England go into that tournament in November, kicking off their campaign against Iran on the 21st of November. Okay, take a look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Bolton Wanderers for Pompey then. And uh, here is a closer look at this week's opponents provided by Mason Jordan. After 17 days away, it's finally time to welcome Pompey back into action. The stage is set for match day 39 in League One at the University of Bolton Stadium. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues come up against Bolton Wanderers for a midweek league fixture, having had their original clash on March the 26th postponed due to international call-ups. Danny Cowley's side occupied 10th place following the final whistle for their last game, which ended goalless with Wickham, and it's 10th they remain with eight games to go. 11 points now separate them and playoffs. Can they cut the gap before the weekend? Here's some more information on the side which stands in the way of them doing so. Manager. Bolton are currently managed by former QPR and Blackpool defender Ian Evert. The 40-year-old has won promotion once in his career from League One whilst playing at the back for Blackpool in 2007. Evert has only been in management since the summer of 2018 when he was unveiled as the new permanent manager of the then National League side Barrow, following a two-month caretaker spell in charge of Chesterfield, who were relegated into non-league. In his second season at Barrow, Everett won automatic promotion to League Two in the season ending 2020, before moving to Bolton that summer and guiding the Trotters straight back up to League One in his first year at the club. Wanderers have had to pay a quarter of a million pounds in compensation to Barrow for the services of Everett, who has since won 45 of his 100 games in charge. One to one. Keep an eye out this week for 27-year-old winger Kieran Sadlier, who has been handed the number 22 shirt. The Irishman signed for Ian Everts' side towards the end of the most recent January transfer window on an undisclosed fee from Rotherham United. Sadlier, who was once on Kenny Jackett's radar during his first time at the helm of Pompey, but it was Doncaster who Sadlier opted for to join instead when he made the switch to the EFL from Cork City in Ireland. Overall, for both both the Millers and the Trotters this season, Sadlier has netted on two occasions from 24 appearances, one goal for each club. Top scorer. Oladapo Afalayan is leading the charts in terms of goal scoring for Bolton this season. The 24-year-old forward has 11 strikes to his name so far in League One, though hasn't found the back of the net in any of the previous seven appearances. His last goal came in a 4-0 win against AFC Wimbledon on February the 19th. Afalayan was born in Harrow in London but turned pro in 2014 whilst playing in the youth setup at Toronto in Canada. He returned to England in 2016 to play for Loughborough University, making his Football League debut in 2019 whilst on loan at Oldham from West Ham. Bolton secured his services on a loan deal for the second half of last season and had the option to turn his contract into a permanent one in the summer, which all parties agreed to. Current form. Bolton are likely to finish mid-table this season, currently in 11th with 59 points. That's 11 points adrift at the playoffs and 24 points clear of safety with just six games remaining. They sit one place behind the Blues and only there on goal difference, though Pompey have a game in hand on this week's opponents too. On Saturday, Ian Everts' side came away from their trip to Wigan with a point following a one-all draw in the day's early kickoff at the DW Stadium. They've won two of their last five and five of their last ten in League One, seemingly beaten the sides below them, but failing to win against those above them in the table. Where have we heard that one before? Who will come out on top with his latest quest for three points? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer inspection on Bolton Wanderers then tomorrow's opponents at the University of Bolton Stadium. 700 or so tickets have already been, already been snapped up by Pompey fans for the midweek trip to Bolton tomorrow afternoon. Tickets still available over at portsmouthfc.co.uk if you fancy making the trip, uh, the long trip up to Bolton tomorrow 
evening. An email here from Gav Jones. Thank God it's back. Good evening, gents. Well, thank God that break is over. Having no Pompey games to watch for two weeks has been also boring, and I, for one, can't wait to be back among the Blue Army tomorrow night for a long Tuesday night away trip to Bolton. Yet, Gav, myself as well, cannot wait for that one. Uh, Josh, Mark, it's time to rein in for score predictions this evening. Then Pompey take on Bolton Wanderers tomorrow night away from home. First game in 17 days. Josh Sweetman, what are you going for? You know me, Jake, I always say we'll lose and we win, but I, I reckon a one-all draw. No, you reckon we're going to lose, don't you? Surely. Well, uh, if I say that, we'll win. Exactly. So. exactly. We, that's what we all want. Uh, thank you, Josh. Uh, Mark, what do you reckon? We have a classic 2-1 away victory for Pompey. 2-1 away victory for Pompey. That is, That would be most welcome, wouldn't it? I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for 2-1 as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. 2-1 Pompey. Josh, Mark, thank you both ever so much for joining, joining me on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure to welcome you back onto the Football Hour as we previewed Pompey's trip to Bolton Wanderers. You can catch us tomorrow night for all of the unmissable action here on Pompey Live from 7pm. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. Pompey were held to a frustrating goalless draw against Wickham Wanderers at Fram Park and are now eight points off the playoffs with eight games remaining in the League One season. Pompey's next game comes on the 5th of April as they travel to Bolton. Join us for all of the unmissable action, 5th of April from 7. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. We are back tomorrow night for the trip to Bolton Wanderers as Pompey uh, take on Bolton away from home. Their first game in 17 days for rearranged fixture from the 26th of March. It is an 8 o'clock kickoff as well, so a little bit uh, different from usual. It's not 7.45, it is 8 o'clock, so we'll have an hour of build-up here on Pompey Live. Elsewhere in League One tomorrow night, AFC Wimbledon take on Charlton Athletic. Cambridge United hosts Wickham Wanderers. Fleetwood take on Lincoln City. MK Dons take on Crew Alexandra, Malcolm host Oxford United, Wigan take on Atkinson Stanley at the DW, and of course Bolton hosting Pompey at the Uni of Bolton Stadium. Coming up tonight here on Express FM, right after the seven o'clock news, Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show, chatting with Nick Kershaw, and we'll also have the latest by Eleanor Springstrike, Sharon Marie White, and James Bay. Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show from 9 through until 11 this evening before the Express wind down, carrying you over into the early hours of Tuesday morning. Ian James sitting in for Nicola on Express Breakfast tomorrow from 6.30. Gloria Miller back tomorrow from 10 as well. Mason Jordan here from 4 through till 7 with a local music show from 6 as well before Pompey Live from 7 through till 10.30. Thank you for listening, Pompey fans. Have a great week. Stay safe and take care. Play at Pompey. Good night.